we've given up on church, but not on God. If you'd like to learn more about our locations in Huntersville, Davidson, and Denver, North Carolina, you can check us out online at lakeforest.org. Thanks! Good morning. Uh, it's good to see you, Lake Forest Church. My name is Mike, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm Aaron's young, uh, older assistant pastor that once in a while, he lets get up and preach. You know, he lets the old guy preach. So uh, it's great to see you. Aaron is, uh, is teaching God's Word, the Sermon on Forgiveness he brought to you all. He's brought to Lake Forest Huntersville right now, uh, like right this second. Uh, we, we passed each other in the lobby there getting coffee this morning. Uh, again, my name is Mike, and, and just if you're new here, we're the Lake Forest uh, family of churches in the Lake Norman area. Lake Forest Church Davidson is meeting at Davidson Elementary right now, uh, and Pastor Michael Flake is there. Lake Forest Church Huntersville, <clears throat> and then Lake Forest Church Westlake. And we have a new pastor, Victor Leal. I think you met him recently. He'll be starting uh, the Spanish-speaking uh, Lake Forest Church to, to be a gift and a welcome to our, our, our newest residents in the Lake Norman area, particularly those who've immigrated from Spanish-speaking countries. And so we're, we're really grateful that they'll be a part of our family. It's great to be with you. Uh, it's been too long, at least as far as I'm concerned. So today is the end of our series, This Is Us, about the relationships that matter most. And I want to tell you about one of the most intense moments of my life when I was a 20-something. I was 28 years old. And I wrote a letter, like an actual, took out a pen, Zoe, I got a piece of paper, uh, and I wrote it with my hand, uh, a letter to my parents uh, when I was 28, and I said, I need to be honest about our relationship moving forward. I became aware at 28 that, that I had lived emotionally detached from my parents, kind of from when I was in high school until that point. And I realized, I was in some setting, I realized, like, I don't... I don't show to my parents. They're not a part of my inner life at all. I just sort of frozen them out for my own reasons. I mean, we were fine and all, and they paid for college. Uh, <clears throat> but like the stuff like, hey, I'm falling in love with this girl, that kind of stuff, I had frozen them out. And at the age of 28, I became aware of some of the reasons for that from my side and theirs. And I wrote them a, a, a note, and I said, I need to talk about your shadow side in your marriage, mom and dad, and toward me. Because I want like an honest relationship moving forward. That was a hard letter to write. And, and, and I said, so, so our annual beach trip at Hilton Head, where we went to Hilton Head a million years in a row, all the years our boys were growing up. Mom and dad paid for that too. Um, <laughs> now it's our turn. And uh, uh, I said, so can we talk about that at the beach? So Angie and I, we got us and our two little babies in diapers, and we drove around a little Corolla from Memphis to Hilton Head, like a million hours with screaming kids. I, I think we changed a poopy diaper in every rest stop on I-40 from Memphis to uh, Greensboro, to Wilmington. Uh, so we got there to the beach, and Mom and Dad said, uh, we got out of the car. Like, we're getting the, all the baby stuff unpacked, and they're like, let's do this now. Let's get this out of the way. And we went for a walk and had the conversation. Have you ever had that talk as an adult with your adult parent? You wish you could have that talk with your adult parent, but, but they aren't or weren't safe enough. Or maybe you knew you couldn't have that talk with your adult parent because you, you might not be able to control yourself. You might be ugly, and so you didn't do it. Or maybe your parents 
died before anything was ever addressed or resolved. Well, one of the oldest pearls of wisdom in human history, whether you believe it's straight from God or not, we do because it's in the Bible, but even if you don't believe it's straight from God, it's one of the oldest uh, 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 pearls of wisdom handed down from earlier societies. Honor your father and mother. It's the first of the Ten Commandments that address our human relationships. The first four of the Ten Commandments address our vertical relationship with God. And then the rest of the Ten Commandments are about our horizontal relationship with other people. And the first one is about your primary, your first relationship when you came out of the womb and God gave you life. And you're like, dude, I'm alive. It's the world. And your first relationship was with your parents. And God's first word is honor your mother and father. What does it mean to obey this commandment as adults is what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, we understand that it applies to children and teaches them the importance of honoring and, and even obeying mom and dad. But does the commandment stop applying the day we move out or the day we get married? Does this commandment expire when our parents die or when they prove themselves unworthy of our respect? Does it apply to those who've been abandoned or abused? Does our adherence to this commandment of honor your father and mother change as we grow older and become independent? And maybe, maybe my or your question is urgent and practical. What's my obligation toward my aging parents? Do I need to support them financially? Do I need to obey them even when I'm a full-grown adult? These are some of the questions we need to ask and, and maybe get some beginning answers if we wish to honor God by honoring his commandment. So right in the middle of the big ten, the, the ten commandments, Deuteronomy 5, 16, here it is. How about if we read this all together aloud? Honor your father and your mother... As the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's the fifth of the Ten Commandments. It's a big, fat, hairy deal, is what that means, that it's in the middle of the Ten Commandments. And I want to talk about three reasons to obey this commandment today, you and me, as adults. Number one, duh, we're all children. It's the most basic biology. Every human being is the offspring of two other human beings. Some of us have always known and respected both of our parents. Some of us have only ever known one of our parents. Some of us have only ever known our adoptive parents. Some grew up apart from parents in foster care. Some of us have outlived our parents. Regardless, the fifth commandment applies to each of us for the simplest of reasons. We are all children. There's no parentless person in this room. A second reason to obey the fifth commandment is, I don't know about you, I want to participate in God's promise. Everything God promises in God's word, everything God says is possible in this life for a homo sapiens to have, I want it. And this commandment comes with a promise that your years may be long and good. I want that. And so I want to live according to the the fifth commandment. God's blessing for those who obey the fifth commandment, do you remember we just read it, takes shape in two forms, a long life and a good life. I want all two of those. And they're a motive to obey this commandment, and they're a natural consequence of that obedience. I believe most of God's commandments and principles are not saying, yeah, and if you don't obey your children, I'm going to, like, smite you bad. Uh, I, think, I think it's more like it's a natural consequence. So when, when you obey... When you honor your mother and father, it's a natural consequence that, generally speaking, you're going to live longer and have a good life. And so we want to understand the same way the Israelites did 
that these promises were not guarantees. God did not mean to communicate, honor your parents, and I guarantee you'll live to at least 80 years old. No, no. God is pointing to the truth that those who honor their parents generally experience a better life than those who do not. Why? Because those who honor their mother and father are doing things God's way, living in the way God created human beings to live. So what's in this promise of of a long life and a good life? Dennis Rainey puts it in the form of some questions. Do you want to live with the favor of God on you? Would you like to feel the blessing and the good hand of God on your life? Then follow his commands. And honoring our parents helps complete our transition to adulthood. As we seek to honor our mom and our dad or our dad, even if they've passed on, there's a way to still live out this commandment, by the way. But as we honor them as adults, we begin to reciprocate the love that our parents have given us since the moment of birth. We complete the relationship by reaching out in love to them just as they have always reached out to us. And so the love, the care, the honor is now mutual the way God intends it. And that means we've grown up. And if we never live out and we never reach this phase, then you might be a 39-year-old adult. But if you're not honoring your mother and father, you may still be a selfish child emotionally on the inside who continues to shirk the initiative-taking requirement of love. And if as a 39-year-old I shirk the initiative-taking requirement of love to honor my parents, I probably tend to be a selfish emotional child toward my adult friends and my spouse. Take care of me. It's about me. I'm a child. Everybody take care of me. Right? So, So this commandment is about adulting. For you and me. And it grows us up into mature human beings who take the responsibility to actively love. That that I'm like a power. I am a power in this world and I can use it to love others or suck it from them. And this commandment grows us up. A third reason to obey this commandment is we want to live by faith that God's way is the best way. This is what we talk about every week here. We, We teach out of the Bible, out of God's word. The whole Bible is about God's will for our lives. And listen, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that are gray areas. Not the Ten Commandments. (laughs) Boom. Like they're just, boom, this, not that. Like this is not a gray area. Uh, These Ten Commandments teach human beings, and the whole Bible does, how to live in the way God means for us to live. The God who created us is revealing. He's not silent. God wants to be known by you. He wants you to know what he thinks of you. God loves you. So much, that's why you're here. That's why you're breathing right now, why your heart is pumping out blood. Because God loves you and he wants you here. And God is not silent about the best way to live, the way that is blessed, the way that's good, the way that's abundant, the way that's beautiful. And this is one of his ways that he's told us to live is honor your mother and father. Angie and I, our parenting style was basically through Star Wars and VeggieTales quotes. <clears throat> and with our two boys, Dylan and Austin, there was this one of the VeggieTales. Some of y'all know VeggieTales. That was like, it was just invented when we were young parents. And we're like, man, the world is cool. People are, that, dang, that's cool. Singing vegetables, teaching the Bible to our children. Uh, and so... There was this one that, that, that basically reinforces this point that God's way is the best way. And it was, a, it was a song that we would actually sing sometimes with our boys at night even just to reinforce this principle and get it down in their soul. I'm going to do that with you right now. So here, here it is. This is the clip. The Lord has 
If you know it, Zoe, go ahead. Feel free. Feel free. He knows what he's doing. We know that he will get ready to get it. If he will follow. Here it is. God's way is the best way, everybody. God, Doug, you know it. Is the best way. See, that's simple. You're welcome for that. Uh, you can now go back to sleep for the rest of the sermon. We're all children, and so this commandment's for us. We all want God's promises. If you're looking into the Christian faith, maybe you're not a Christian yet, but you're here exploring the faith. That's because you want the most out of life. And, and, and that's why we want to honor our parents. And thirdly, God's way really is the best way to live the most full, satisfying lives. So, now, right now, I know that about half of you in this room are thinking, but you haven't met my parents. (laughs) There's something deep within us that hears a commandment from God and immediately searches for the exception clause. But you don't know my parents, but my parents disowned me, but my parents were abusive. Honor definitely takes different forms and adapts to different situations with boundaries that are appropriate to that relationship and how safe or abusive or using that person is. Rewind back to the boundaries sermon in this series earlier. But we must deal with the principle before we accept ourselves out of it. And I don't want to downplay or excuse any, any experiences you've had with your parent. But before we can do anything else, we want to understand and admit this. There's no if attached to the fifth commandment the good life and the god-centered life includes honoring our parents even if they're dead and finding a way to do so even if they were mostly a hurtful presence there's no if Uh, and this is where this tv show that that we've sort of loosely based this series out of and many of you i know don't watch it but one of the main characters in the in this tv show this is us is jack jack's my guy like i kind of want to be like him except for the drinking problem um he's a husband he's a businessman and he's a father to three but he's also a son just like you're a son or a daughter and in this clip we learn a key factor about jack's childhood now what we're after is rainbow trout we'll probably catch a bass but what we don't want our catfish a carp. No carp. You thirsty? Nope. I am. Be right back.
Every one of us has a complicated relationship with the person we call mother or father, or we did call that. And so notice that in the fifth commandment, I want to point out something that I actually, until I was kind of preparing this, I kind of didn't realize wasn't in there. There's a word that's not in the fifth commandment, and that word is obey. There are other scriptures that talk about children obeying mom and dad. This word is not obey. The word is honor. In the complicated relationship you may have with mother or father, living or deceased. What is honor? Well, it means weight or significance. Biblically, the word honor refers to uh, weight or significance. To honor our parents, we're to attach great worth to them and great value to our relationship with them. John Curd explains it this way. The point is that a child must not take his or her parents lightly or think lightly of them. Your parent must be regarded with great seriousness and value. And so this principle from God uh, applies perhaps most pointedly. To those of us in Lake Norman so caught up with our own lives that mom, dad are an occasional afterthought. They sit at home, rarely receive the honor, the value, the weighty accolade that God designed them to be receiving at this stage of life from you. Because you're their child. No matter how far away you live from them, no matter what the age is. Teenagers, this is for you, by the way. And teenagers... Toward the end of the sermon, I'm going to give you a recipe for stupefying your parents. So hang in there. So to honor our parents, we are to respect and revere them, speak well of them, treat them with kindness, gentleness, dignity, esteem. By the way, this sermon is for me today. We're in a transitional period. With my parents who are aging. And have hit a new stage of that. And it's requiring something different from me. And I'm trying to discover what that is. And so thank you for letting me interact with God's word for me. In a way that I know is also for you. Because you also are a child. We're to ensure that our parents are cared for. Make provision for them when necessary. Dennis Rainey says this, honor is an attitude accompanied by actions that say to your parents, hey, you're worthy. You have value. You're the person God sovereignly placed in my life. Even if all you can manage to be thankful for in true honesty is that they gave you life. Even if that, this is the honor that God said is good for you to give to those who birthed you. All, all of that and much more is bound up in this little word, honor. Dallas Willard writes, there's a reason for this command that goes way beyond being sentimental or hallmark cards like mothers and dads today. Dallas Willard writes this, the promise, that the promise, right, that as you honor your parents, life will go well with you, is rooted in the realities of the human soul. A long and healthy existence requires that we be grateful to God for who we are. And we can't be thankful for who we are without being thankful for our parents through whom our life came. They are part of our identity. And to reject and be angry with them is to reject and be angry with ourselves. To reject ourselves leads to sickness, dissolution, and death, spiritual and physical. We cannot reject ourselves and love God. Whoa. You and I will never have the easy, unhesitating love of God that makes following Jesus our natural response in life. Unless we're absolutely sure that it's like good for me to be. It's good for me to be who we are. 
Do you know it's so good for you to be alive right this second? Like, it's really good for you to be you in the body that you have. Like, that's really good. It's cool. It's great to be you right this second. It's just really good. God thought that. That's why he did that. That's why you're sitting right there in that chair at the end of the aisle. And at the heart of your identity, of what's good, lies your family, especially your parents. And so the cost of not honoring father and mother is to go through life haunted with self-rejection. And that happens a lot in our culture. I see it a lot as a pastor. An inability to be grateful for my life right here. Myself, my body, my story, where I came from. I just be grateful instead of wanting to be someone else or someplace else or from someone else. That's an inability to trust that God is really reaching out for me. And that's an unhappy way to live. It's often a short way to live. And, and so, again, the problem that some of you still are sitting here with, how do I honor my father or my mother if they're a genuinely difficult person? Everyone wrestles to this with some extent. Even I do. Both of my parents were Christian counselors. And yet I had this complicated relationship with them. They were wonderful. I'm thankful for my family. And yet I had to wrestle with this in our difficult areas. And, and maybe even more for you, maybe you had a parent who was mean or a bully or abusive. Does the Bible really mean I'm supposed to honor my father or mother if they've done terrible things to me? This is, a, this is an important question. And I want to take what time is left and talk about how you and I can actively pursue honoring a father and a mother. Regardless of what kind of person they were. Now, here's what I don't want to gloss over. I'm a Gen Xer. I was just in a seminar about generational categories. And I realized that as Gen Xers, generally, we love angst. We like the tension. And so I'd like to talk even more about how our parents were bad to us. Like, that, that like, ugh, it's like hard, it's painful. But I realized I need to stop for a second and meet you baby boomers and you millennials where you are, and you're more positive than Gen Xers. And so there's a whole bunch of us in this room, and I just want to celebrate this for a minute, who when I say honor your father or mother, you go, my parents were great. I'm thankful for them. I'm so thankful. There are a lot of good parents, and a lot of you represent uh, really good men and women who brought you up. Uh, and so we celebrate that as well. Um, so what does it mean to honor uh, our mother or father um, and not reject the story God has put us in, but believe God is working in the story I'm in already. And the process to honor our father and mother, I, I'm going I'm to say that it looks like three words from uh, the Christian philosopher I already quoted, Dallas Willard. Uh, both Pastor Aaron and I are, are real students of Dallas Willard. Uh, we, we think of him highly. Uh, and, and these three words I'm going to give you, it's not a formula. It's not a guarantee for an outcome. It's a descriptive of the process of the work to enable ourselves to authentically honor mom, dad. And here's the three words. How to honor my parents. Honesty, acceptance, gratitude. Would you say those three words with me? Honesty, acceptance, gratitude. Would you say it one more time with me? Honesty, acceptance, gratitude. Now, unfortunately, the first words, uh, the first letter of those three spells the word hag. And that's the opposite of the way to honor your mother. So forget that I pointed that out to you. Um, to honor somebody, uh, honesty starts with honesty. And we have to understand the Bible's commands are always rooted in reality about who and what your parents really are. 
and how you feel about them. Honoring somebody never involves pretending they were better or different than they really are or overlooking the truth about who they were or the past. Honesty, honoring begins with soberly looking at the people who are or were your parents. So a sober look at it might include, it includes some difficult decisions, difficult thoughts and emotions. And, and, and so this other clip from, from the film, This Is Us. Now Jack, you saw him as a boy in the former clip. And you saw the complications with his father. Now Jack is a grown man and he's a dad. And he's got his two sons out on a camping trip. They've driven a long ways. And he gets a phone call about his aging father who he's been estranged from for decades. Got your wife on the radio. She's patched through to the phone. Did she say what's wrong? No, she's been trying to reach you all day just to push to talk. Beck? Beck, what's wrong? Yeah, every, everybody's fine. Everything's okay. Um, I just, uh, the nursing home where your dad is at called. My dad. And I couldn't get a hold of you, so I came. Wait, you were at my father's nursing home. What's wrong with him? He's old. I think it's uh, cirrhosis, but he's dying. Jack, I mean, I don't think that he really has much time left. Do you want to come back? No, I'm going to stay here with the boys. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. How are, how are the boys doing? Baby steps, but we'll get there. You are a miracle. You know that, Jack? Coming from your dad. And being the dad that you are, you are a friggin' miracle. Well, it takes one to know one, Beck. I love you. I love you, too. Bye. Jack's not coming. show and I just start to tear up. I don't know about you. Uh, we all face uh, or will face or have faced difficult decisions regarding our aging parents. But so our three words are honesty, acceptance, and gratitude is how we honor our parents. 
And it's impossible to truly honor somebody if you go right to the honoring part and don't work your way through, uh, starting with honesty. And and what's fascinating, even if they've been a horrible person to you, this process allows you over time to get to something that can lead you eventually to gratitude. Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament of the Bible is probably one of the preeminent passages in the Bible that holds a number of people in the faith up to be honored. It's called the Hall of Faith. And it honors them. And every single person, when we read their names in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, uh, when we read it, every one of those has a shadow side to their story. Uh, When when Noah is mentioned in the Hall of Faith, to be honored for his faith. Well, when we read that, we also know not only was Noah a great man of God, but, but it's in the Bible that an incidence of his drunkenness in front of his adult children and really inappropriate behavior with them. Isaac, Isaac is a hero of the faith listed in, in Hebrews 11. And the Bible tells us he played favorites with his kids, which really messed him up. <laughs> Jacob not only wrestled with God and was a hero of the faith, but he conned, he connived with his mother uh, and as a young adult stole the inheritance away from his brother. Moses... His mother put him in a basket on a river. Talk about abandonment issues. <laughs> so let me phrase, paraphrase my boss when I worked in construction for a year. I'm paraphrasing him. God's word never puts a shine on a turd. <laughs> the Bible tells a straight up truth about everybody and everything. It, to be a Christian, to be a person of God means we live as the ultimate realist. We don't pretend. Oh, it's nice. Everything is flowers and sunshine and has a smiley face over the dot with the eye. A Christian is like the most realistic person. And so the people in the hall of faith, they had their shadow side and they were people of faith. Just like you and me, just like your mom and dad had their shadow side. So even in the honoring of people in scripture, it's just like honest with who they are. Maybe that's the main thing you needed to hear today. And so with my parents... With honesty came a new level of relationship. And as that punk 28-year-old, Mom, Dad, I need to talk about your shadow side. That's not the language I used then. I don't know what I said. And you know what? My parents, when we went for that walk at Hilton Head, whatever year that was, they didn't get defensive. They received what I needed to say. They they knew I had some stuff going on. I mean, I'm a young dad. I'm a young husband. And, 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 and you know what? They countered with some same things that I didn't know. And they told me some things I remembered incorrectly. But they gave me a gift that day. And so I want to say to those of you in this congregation who are empty nesters, those of you who are retired, those of you who are parents of adults and older teens, you are still the shepherd of your child's heart. Help your child honor you by being humbly receptive to the honest conversation they might be trying to have with you. It's important that you receive, listen to understand them when they say, when they intuit that they need to have this conversation. Love them. And you tell the truth in return, but let the conversation be about them. Don't make it about you. Older parents of adults, this is an incredible way to shepherd your adult children. Young fathers and mothers, Taking the honesty step here helps you to name what you want to hand down and emulate from how you were parented. And the honesty step helps you to name what you want to do differently. It's important to name that if you're a young parent. 
I had a whole journal about this, and that's what led me to need to have the conversation with my mom and my dad. The next step in honor, so the first step in honoring parents is honesty, uh, and then the next step is acceptance, and the third step is gratitude. So acceptance, it, it starts just being dead honest about it, right? You don't have to pretend in, in, in order to honor. And then acceptance, it's a powerful word. You know what, when a mom is working right with her kid, that's what a mom does, is accepts a little child. I accept this little child into my life. This little child is going to be a burden. This little child is often going to be an interruption. But I embrace this child and I accept it rather than reject it. That's when a mom's working right. And, and, and that's when we work right in all relationships, including honoring mom and dad. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in the, in the New Testament, accept one another as Christ accepted you. How did Christ accept me? How did Jesus accept me? Oh, just the way I am. And every child must come to accept who our parents really actually are. It doesn't mean we condone wrong stuff they do. It means we choose to love them. Love means to work and will for good in their lives in the face of utter honesty about who they are because this is part of family. To accept means I let go of my tendency to judge or condemn or distance. To accept you means I recognize your value to God and I must do this with my father and mother. I must recognize the, the, the truth about who they are and seek with God's help to pray and desire and work for God's good in their lives. That's acceptance. Because this is a process, not a formula, these two words, honesty and acceptance, they tumble around over time like a rock and a rock polisher and allow you eventually with great authenticity to emerge with strands of gratitude, the third word, for who your mom was, for who your dad is. It doesn't mean you have to be grateful for everything, but it does mean you're not grateful for nothing. We're grateful. It's the third one. Honoring with gratitude, I want to address the most extreme circumstances. In the most extreme circumstances, some of us with the most unhealthy, hurtful adult parents, some of us are forced to ex express gratitude by cutting off most or all contact with a parent who continues to speak or do abusive things. When you have to cut off contact, because you know, I've met with people in our congregation about this, you know that your ugly, hurtful adult parent will say hurtful or even abusive things to you or your spouse or your kids, and so you have to cut off contact. That's a form of love, too, because you're gifting them with knowledge, with truth. When you set the extreme boundary and like, Mom or Dad, I'm sorry, you can't be around my kids. As long as you continue to say things like that. Like you're gifting them. Again, I told you we parented mostly with Star Wars quotes. You remember early in one of the Star Wars movies when the Jedi says, you should reconsider your life and choose another course, choose another path. Well, you're gifting your, your, your abusive adult parent. Like when they realize, man, I can't see my grandkids. Maybe I should rethink my life. Like That's not... Normal or okay. You're gifting them with truth. Does that make sense? And, and gratitude may look like that in the most extreme circumstances. And by the way, a, a book that I, that I recommend on boundary setting with extreme hurtful adult parents or with extremely hurtful adult children is a book called Bold Love, Bold Love by Dan Allender. It's worth its weight in gold if this is your circumstance. Bold Love, Dan Allender. 
So this third way to show honor to parents is to give them uh, gratitude by showing esteem both privately and publicly. And teenagers, this is how you can stupefy your parents. You don't even need a Harry Potter wand or spell. You can stupefy your parents, teenagers, by showing them gratitude and esteem. Tim Keller encourages children to respect their parents that, that they need to see themselves in you. Parents long, he says, parents long to see how they've impacted their children, how their children are a reflection of their strengths and their values. He says, you don't realize how important it is to give your parents credit where you can. You don't realize how critical it is to simply say, you know, everything I really ever learned about saving money, I learned from you, mom. Or, you know, dad, that the one thing that you always taught me that I really appreciated was blah. Those are simple. But those of you who are, who are grandparents or parents of adult kids, can you affirm the importance of what it does to you as a parent when they say that? Can, it, can I hear from parents of adults to say amen if that's actually true? Amen. Yeah. It's like profound. You just act with gratitude and you just say the, the one thing. Even if it's just simple. You know, mom, I got my sense of fashion from you. Or dad... I got, you know, my humor from you and your corny dad jokes. Whatever it is, like affirm with gratitude is a profound way to live out this fifth commandment. Simple, but it brings joy to a parent. We can give such esteem privately in a one-on-one conversation. We can do it publicly through a speech or, or, or a conversation at a holiday feast. Like Dennis Rainey goes so far as to say, hey, children, like sometime in your life, write a formal tribute to your parent, present it to them, and maybe read it aloud in their presence or at the Thanksgiving table. And honoring our parents with gratitude and esteem is, is not waiting to Father's Day or Mother's Day, sending the text, the email, making the phone call today. God's word is eminently practical. It's not theoretical up in the air. And if for all this talking, if the outflow is twice more often, you, I, reach out with an act of esteem, gratitude, with words of affection and gratitude to the person who's your mother or dad or who was. There are ways to do that if they've passed on. Finally, we can also honor our parents by supporting them. It might mean financial support in some ways, but other forms of love and care. King David in the Old Testament at a low point in his life, weighed down by cares, attacked by enemies. In his old age, he cried out to God and prayed this, Psalm 71, 9. Don't cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. David feared the combination of age and isolation, of being old and alone. Our elderly parents fear this. And we honor them when we give them the assurance we will not forsake them in their old age. Just as they cared for us, we will care for them. And that responsibility can become our joy. At a time when millions of elderly adults are living alone, Christians have the opportunity to to display special honor to our aging parents. So some of you at your age are wrestling with this reversal of roles in your life. And your parents are aging and you're learning how to care for them. Know that every moment you spend taking care of your aging parents, handling their bank account, going to clean out their gutters, even more, having them come live with you, it it looks different for each of us. Knowing that every moment you spend doing that is a way of following Jesus in the good way of life 
When you care for your aging parents, it's as spiritual of an activity as reading your Bible or tithing 10% of your income back to God's mission in this world. Your Heavenly Father is pleased with you as you honor your father and mother. View it through that lens. This is the God way of life, not merely an imposition. And gratitude, this third step, has power like TNT because it's connected to the theology of the goodness of God. It's connected to the nature of God. Let's pray.